Private Lender Podcast, episode 136. The Private Lender Podcast quote of the day comes to us from Andy Warhol, who said, Being in business is the most fascinating kind of art. Making money is art, and working is art, and good business is the best of art. This is the Private Lender Podcast, the show that shares practical advice and know-how for new and seasoned lenders, from private mortgages on single-family houses to joint ventures on commercial projects and beyond. Discover details about investment vehicles that you won't find at your local bank or online broker. Listen and learn from private lenders and real estate investors, as well as from professionals and entrepreneurs, as they share the details, strategies, and the insight that allows for successful and prosperous lending. Now, get ready to increase your ROI. Here's your host, Keith Baker. Hello, Private Lender Nation. Greetings and welcome to episode 136 of the Private Lender Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Baker, and I'd like to thank you for sharing your time with me today. Look, it's real simple. If you're looking for practical tips and advice on how to put the power of the banking system into your investment accounts, then you're in the right place. But if you want to learn from my mistakes so that you can both avoid and profit from them, well, then pull up a chair and pour yourself a drink, my friend, because this podcast is just for you. Because I'm dedicated to giving people, just like you and me, the knowledge and confidence for successful and profitable private lending. If you're looking to join a community of private lenders, then head over to the Private Lender Podcast Facebook group to connect with other private lenders to share experiences, stories, opinions, gripes, grievances, you know, whatever. No big whoop. We'll talk. Just go over to the show notes page for the link or simply search Private Lender Podcast in Facebook groups. And while you're at it, head over to privatelenderacademy.com to learn more about the forthcoming course. That's right. It's still forthcoming. I'm working on it. Get off my ass. Thank you very much. Uh, but click on apply now to register for pre-launch discounts. And yeah, at this point, just click on apply now and just give me shit. All right. Just put in there on the text field. Give me grief for not launching this thing as we're coming at the end of July. And I said this was coming out at the end of or just after July 4th. So any who? Okay, to the heart of the matter, as they say. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, then you know that I do my best to keep the topics of the interviews either strictly private lending related or at least interesting from a different investment or personal perspective. And the topic of today's episode is no different, as today's guest, George Salas, is crushing it, and I mean flipping crushing it, in the short-term rental space. I recently met him at a mastermind in Key West, which, funny, got on the plane to that to fly to Key West, did not want to go, had extremely limiting beliefs, and yet is one of the best things I've done this year, hands down, bar none. Anyhow, I met George in Key West, and I'm so happy that we connected. I love to hear stories of innovators and how people pivot when times change or when they get bad. And given the recent COVID scamdemic and the current bubble in the retail housing market, yeah, I'm calling this bullshit a scamdemic. It's a real disease, all that stuff. There's an, over a 99% survival rate. It's a flipping scamdemic. And yeah, we are in a bubble. I'm calling it. We are in a bubble. Greenspan said you can't see a bubble until you're beyond it or it's burst. I'm calling it a bubble. More than $50,000 above ask in today's market is a bubble. Anyhow, you can bookmark this podcast and can come back to it and give me grief or cheer me on when I'm proven right. So I couldn't think of a better time to introduce you to my guest today and his business model. The best thing of all is that George Salas is crushing the short-term rental game right here in Houston, in H-Town, which makes my smile just a little bit bigger. So let's go ahead and get down to the brass tacks of today's show and straight to the interview with George Salas. 
Lender Nation, I have a very interesting guest with me today. Please welcome George Salas. George, welcome to the Private Lender Podcast. Thank you very much, Keith. It is an absolute honor to be here. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward for you to explain your business model. And that is you don't flip, you don't landlord, you don't owner finance, but you do short-term rentals. I'm just going to give you the floor to tell us how you got into real estate, how you got into short-term rentals, and just sort of the basic mechanics of your business. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my journey really started Keith, when I was six years old, right? And I was sitting in the living room of my parents' house and my mom and dad pulled me aside and my brother and said, Hey guys, we need to talk to you. Okay. So you're going to go to your grandma's. You're going to stay there for a little bit. This is from a city by the name of Lima in Peru, the capital. And we moved to small town. Actually, it was just my mom. Right. So it was kind of in a environment where I didn't get to say bye to my dad. Right. So we left that city into a small little town. And then the town was 20,000 people. And I didn't get to see my dad, my father, for nine years. And he came back again into my life at 15. And we were actually moving here to the US. I came when I was 15. Right. We didn't get to say bye to him twice. It kind of affected me my entire life. And until I realized that. I honestly didn't need to be better for my dad. You know, I didn't need to be replaced that good enough because I felt like I wasn't good enough, right? I felt that because my father was never a great provider. So we moved here and at the age of 20, you know, all through my young 15, 18 to 20, I was actually a grocery sacker. I worked at Kmart, the good old days of Kmart. And then I got into the nightlife. I actually invested into a nightclub. I was in a nightlife for 10 years. I was in a number one top promoter in Houston for seven or eight years. And then all of a sudden, I had the opportunity to invest into a club. I had a bunch of money saved up. I did invest into the venue. And then I ended up losing everything, right? So here I am sitting. I had invested 400 grand into a club that I didn't have a control and an operating control. And I really didn't have the knowledge about real estate, lost every penny of it. So I'm sitting in a living room again of my apartment at the time. And I don't know what to do with my life. I'm literally just lost. So I call my buddy or actually my buddy called me, Brent Franklin calls me. We go to his property, his flip, and we spent three to four hours there. And something clicks in my head with all of this inspiration. Boom. That was a life-changing phone call. I started training. I started taking courses, going to seminars. I went to Jason Bible seminar uh, in January of 2019. And four months later, I got my first flip. I did start flipping. I wanted to be this real estate guy. I wanted to do a lot of deals and build an empire through real estate without knowing that you needed to have a lot of money to invest in real estate if you want to buy, fix, and flip, right? You need like 50, 60K you know, per deal unless you do what we do, right? But at the time, obviously, I didn't have the resources or knowledge to do it. So I made $46,000 on my first flip in 2018. Actually, it wasn't 2019. It was 20, 2018, okay? And then six months later into 2018, I figured out what wholesaling was. So that year, by the end of that year, I had brought in... $98,000 in wholesale fees, and I used that cash. This is for $5,000 in my pocket keys. I used that cash to put into my first 20 rental arbitrage Airbnb that have cash flowed me 2,500. These are little apartments, studios, and I started with those. 
And since then till now, I've been able to build a six-figure business a month. So our short-term rental business does $150,000 a month. I've done like 50 real estate deals in just two and a half years. I've got an amazing network of friends like yourself. And I'm very, very in the know with all of the real estate community here in Houston. I've also got, you know, I'm in the best time in my life. I'm happy. I'm fulfilled. I'm fulfilling my destiny. It all started with that phone call and making those bad decisions, right? So sometimes bad decisions aren't as bad if you can learn from them. And if you can turn everything around and just make something completely drastic, right? And look for that thing that you're wanting to find, right? Which was success in real estate. And then I niche down to short-term rentals. That, that's pretty much a breakdown. <laughs> it's compelling because I find it funny that I had to go to Key West to meet you, even though we're right here in Houston. But, you know, I've seen you come up in the community you know, with Facebook back in the good old days when we went to RIA meetings in person, that kind of stuff. But to your point, the network that we have here, you know, I'll even throw John Jackson in there in Dallas, you know, like I'll include him. It is a very good supportive network. I can't, uh, well, you, you with the, the event, you know, same as I, and makes all the difference when you have people that you feel have your back are going to shoot you straight on something, you know, like to your point, like if you make up, if you mess up and you have a loss, it either have a win or a lesson, right? Oh yeah. That's, that's the way it is. It. As long as you own the loss, then it's a lesson. You keep moving forward. So anyhow, yeah, I've only been to Lima once, but I stayed in the Miraflores section and it was I enjoyed Lima a lot. I wish I had more than just a day to bum around in this city before we flew back. So let's get into, like most folks, you get into the, the typical way you've wholesaled. By wholesaling, you know how to analyze a deal, see where the spread is, the margin, what, what's the rehab going to cost, this kind of stuff. So was, we were talking in the pre-show, you're buying single family residences or condos or studios, the SFR, the single family concept, but you run them like, not like your normal rental. If you get 300 cash flow positive a month, you're doing well. You're bringing like the apartment cash flow syndication model. That's what the short-term rentals do. I'm curious how, when you acquire, how are you financing? Are you using bank money, private money? What mechanisms and cash are you using to acquire your properties? When acquiring, we have a few strategies. So I'm going to talk purchase strategies, and I'm also going to talk non-purchase, right? We use a method called rental arbitrage keys. And this method essentially breaks down like this. You go to a landlord, you rent the property, and you allow, you ask them to allow you to sublease it on short-term rental platforms for, you know, three, four, five, six to 30 days. So that's one method. And it doesn't require you buying the property. So utilizing this big real estate, I'm talking about three, four, five thousand square foot homes without having to buy them. And if they bring in anywhere between five, seven, eight, ten, we've got several houses doing 15,000 up and up a month. Now I'm talking about that method, right? When we purchase, which we also do, I would say 60% of our portfolio is rental arbitrage. 30%, 20% is purchase direct, and about 20% is purchase joint ventures. Okay, so when we purchase, we purchase via subject to. Okay, so we've got a few, right? So we purchase via subject to, we've purchased via partnerships, joint ventures, and we've purchased via our partner program. When we do subject to, we're taking over the payments, the taxes, and the HOAs 
peace and commitment with these selves, right? With these landlords or selves. And we're essentially taking the deed over to our property and we're staging. So for example, we have a property in Hawthorne, Texas, which launched in about 2019. Uh, this is December of 2019. And it consistently brings in an average of $7,500. Uh, we just had a $15,000 reservation for 62 nights. It's perfect, right? The month before, we did a little bit under $7,500. And it just averages, but it averages $7,500. Our mortgage is $1,648, Keith. And that's PITI, all in. And when we do our cleaning and everything, we're all in for about $2,500 max. You know, utilities, four or 500, you know, cleaning, supplies, 2,500. So that's an 800, $900 on top of our mortgage. So anything above 2,500 is profit. That's what I meant. Right. You have any questions about that one, by the way? Well, no, it was just a difference of words. I was going to ask, you know, when you say rental arbitrage is that you get a master lease on the property and then, you know, so you lease it from the landlord and to your point, sublet it nightly on the short term, you know, Verbo or Airbnb model. Master lease might not be the right word, but you lease the house, pay the monthly, and then you divvy it out and book it. And so that, no, I understand that. I like that's a very clean model. I create a financing, but I like to keep the numbers simple. And to me, that keeps it real simple. If you're looking for cash flow, this is how I started, right? I, was, I needed the cash flow to build a business. I didn't have the money to buy. And even though I got into purchases several, we own about 10 right now, we did not have the capital to buy a bunch. So that was just the method. We don't use master leases, but a master lease would speak in a sense more of sort of like a triple net lease, a commercial lease. That's, it's closer to that when you control everything, you take care of the maintenance. But it's master lease because you have control of you take care of everything. So you're taking care of the maintenance and all the back end. With houses, which is our method now, we don't go after apartments anymore because the houses are 10 times more profitable. Minimum, 10 times minimum. I'm just being very concerned, right? So we utilize just residential leases and we do two, three to seven year leases with initial terms of minimum two to three. And second terms, where we create that option for us, hey, you know, we're going to take care of your property. Let's do a six-year term, but I'm going to come in and rent your property for three years, okay? And then our next three years, let's figure out what is it that you need for rent increase? Because most people right now are getting the max ever in their rent, right? Their rents are up, up by 20% here. So we negotiate that second term and the rent increases as low as possible, right? Obviously, it's got to be favorable for both parties. And yeah, we, we just focus on these longer leases and you know, everybody makes money. Nice. That's your rental arbitrage. When you purchase, you get them sub two. That's smart. I assume you leave it as long as you can in that original name, right? Or do you put it into a trust or anything? When we purchase sub two, we essentially put them into a trust immediately. And one of my LLCs is the trustee LLC. Okay. And then then I've got a separate LLC that is the beneficiary. Okay. And then now we just leave it there. I'm not saying that you don't run into issues. This is a creative finance strategy. Sometimes if the wholesaler doesn't do a good job explaining all of the little points that you've got to touch, you know, all the disclosures, sometimes we were ran into an issue that very unlucky that we, uh, the seller actually fought for bankruptcy, 
right? So then it complicates the whole entire transaction. So we're actually figuring this out with one of our sub twos. But if you do it the right way, you know, the only problem is the back can call the no do if they wish to, right? But most of the time, 95, 97, maybe 90%, it doesn't happen. But if the seller files a bankruptcy, then, then everything is... All bets are off at that point, right? Yeah, like, right. It's, yeah. I've never had a seller file bankruptcy, but I did have a tenant one time in my failed Baytown rental property. And long story short, I gave him four months of rent-free living, or the judge did, however you want to look at it. But I look at it like I gave it to him, so... It was, uh, but so yeah, the BK, the bankruptcy. Yeah, that's, I was about to say at that point, it's going to probably get messy before it gets clean. But I would like to know about how that, how that turns out for you. So I know that you like to partner with your students. You offer a coaching strictly in the short-term rental arena. And I like the model because you bring them up and then you become business partners with them. Correct. You know, you got to be careful. Like a lot of folks, like the wholesalers, like the first three deals, you got to split with me or whatever. So tell me, how does that look? Like once you train these folks up, and you go into a JV, what does that look like? So what we're doing is we're internally launching, and we've launched it already. Nothing is out in the known yet in the community. What we do is we train these folks, right, which our students are real estate investors because our focus is helping real estate investors get to that six-figure short-term rental cash. Sometimes some of these real estate investors, they're busy with their wholesaling business, they're busy with their realtor business. They're busy with their subject to creative finance business, fix and flip or landlord, right? They have a lot of properties. So what we do is we give them the option. There's no, hey, you have to partner, right? We come and train you. And if you have too much on your plate, we give that to only the students that have been qualified, right? Meaning you've got to have X credit score. You've got to have pre-qualified. You've got to have... X amount of funds to be able to do that because if we, we launch, you know, we go buy properties and obviously buying properties is one thing, but buying properties with someone you're teaching and, and, and making sure you do this on a consistent basis is another because, you know, if you run out of money and you don't have that right amount of extra, then that messes the whole entire thing up. And so we give the option and our measures are very precautionary and our qualification process is pretty good. So we essentially partner with them 50-50, okay? And we go out there and we find the deal, okay? We have it. The student will purchase it in their LLC or their name or whatever, right? And we use the student's cash or credit, right? And the students bring in the cash or credit and they bring in the private money. And then we, in a sense, teach them every step of the deal as if they were doing it because we're doing it together as partners, right? So we teach them as partners. So the students come to the property with us to do the analysis of making sure that the property's numbers are going to work. We meet there to assess the rehab with the contractor or whatnot. Then we also take them there and we're, we're actually done with the rehab and we're showing them exactly, you know, the back end, the front end, how the entire property is being staged, designed, so they're actually there. They're not doing it themselves. We're doing it together. My team is providing the labor, the steps. So they're seeing all the steps. Everything is getting executed. At, and then they're pressing, they're learning. So most people learn what they do, right? So they're actually doing with us, right? And then we turn around and refi the property and then deed it over onto our 
partnership LLC or a limited partnership. And then we all make money, we go home, and we have the process in the back. Now, they can do whatever they want and take the same process and then just rinse and repeat without having a partner. And I'm curious, so average ballpark deal, how much does a student need to bring in private money? Obviously, with sub two, it's going to be less. But if you're actually outright purchasing the property in the joint, well, you wouldn't be doing a sub anyway. But yeah, if you're getting in, what's the average buy-in, so to speak? Like if I was going to fund one of your students, for example, just average, how much and how long would it need to be out? So the average buy-in depends on the property, but we estimate with the down payment costs as we buy correctly, which is always... 75 to 80, 82%, as you can't find anything above that. So we're actually closing on a property this coming week. It's the first week of June. And this one is pretty much at 78%, right? So they're putting up like 40, 50K on the down payment side of the short-term loan, okay? And then on the refinance, if all things work out, right? Our appraisal is coming back actually today, so I'll find out. But after... Figuring out a seat, all the comps we're estimating. You never know what the appraisals though, but the market is very high right now. So we're estimating anywhere between 425 for this deal, maybe 450, right? And so we're going to be in cash out of pocket 30 to 40 max, maybe even less. Okay. And that includes the short term loan, the rehab loan, and all that, right? So but they're going to be cash out of pocket. After that, there are refinance costs, there are carrying costs, which, you know, sometimes could go a little bit above and beyond. It's, Things get complicated, as we all know. So on the refi end, there are costs for staging, right? So we, in this property, for example, this property is 5,000 square feet, but, you know, it's going to bring in about 15 to 20 grand a month, right? So we're estimating about 25 to 30 grand on the furnishings and about five, maybe five to 7,500 on the labor, maybe maybe a little more. So you're putting 3540 plus 3540, right? And then maybe a miscellaneous. So we estimate 80 to 100 per deal, but then you turn around and you bring back in an average after the 50-50 split on, for example, on this deal, the our projections for the partners on that 80 to 100 is three to four thousand. If you do the math times 12, that's about 48 percent annually. And over a period of five years, which is our term, that's about 200 to 250 percent IRR. When you bring it into the refi, are you going with community banks who's providing your refinancing? It's gonna be you know either credit union or investor loan or a just regular type of financing, right? So one of those three, because they're, you know, depending, because we're cash out refining at 80% cash out refi, and we're at 80% on the refi LTV, then we're good. I was kidding. You're not going to Freddie or Fannie to uh, refinance these. Basically what it means is that if you go to a traditional bank, you're going to get a lot of flack trying to refinance. And when I've been refinanced out of bridge loans or acquisition loans, it's never been with a bank I'm familiar with. Like to your point, you know, some credit union or community bank, and they'll take it all day long because it's backed by real estate and the big banks won't touch it, right? So that was, I was, I was curious. So you're getting sort of what I like to call biz mortgages, so to speak, or biz loans. Let me just run through the timeline. You buy it, you rehab it, you appraise it. And you, so you're refinancing the short-term money is what, three to six months? Up to six, yes, up to six. Up to six months before you refi it. And then you have a five-year term on that. Have your uh, term after we refine. Gotcha. That's okay. when we decide, hey, we're going to sell it or not. 
I mean, the market should be up. Obviously, there are going to be certain, you know, small cosmetic upgrades you're going to have to do in five years. Gotcha. Yeah. I understand that you are considering trying to put some money together for a fund so that you can have a ample supply. This is not an offer to solicit or purchase or sell or anything like that. This is not against any SEC regulation, but tell us a little bit about that. What's that looking like? So I have been blessed to connect with some amazing people. So what we're doing is essentially partnering up. I'm partnering up with two key elements of the entire short-term operation at scale. Right. So one element is going to be your finance side. Right. So we've been sort of figuring out, hey, how can we scale this thing instead of doing two properties a month, which we're doing right. We're launching about, you know, one to three properties a month right now. Excuse me. How do we do this at five to 10, maybe 15 properties a month? Right. You got to have number one, you got to have lots of money. Right. So we figured out, hey, you know, we either go and partner with a lot of people or we create a pool and we'll be filing for our PPM, private placement memorandum, you know, within the next couple of weeks, it's a work in progress. So that's one aspect of what we figured out that we needed. Okay. Then the next aspect is how are you going to find all these properties? Deal flow. You need deal flow. So we partnered up with a national wholesaler and this national wholesaler is in 28 states. He was actually in Key West with us, Corey, you know? So, and us three together are going to bring this massive five to 10 deals a month. Now we've got the funds covered, right? We've got to go raise them and, you know, put together with someone that has raised $2 billion. Then we've got the front end cover where this person knows exactly how to acquire, what the ARVs are, how to underwrite the deals, how to buy them, how to, actually make sure that we get ready for our team to take kind of, he's also, his team is also going to be rehabbing. He does virtual rehab. I never heard of that before. Just kidding. Yeah, virtual rehabbing is crazy. Right. And then the last few elements are going to be number one is your underwriting for short-term rentals, which is what my team and I are going to be doing. Right. And then once you've underwritten it and then bought it, it is the design of the property once it's rent ready, right? What are you doing with the sign and amenities? Okay. We're going to design it. We've got a team for that. You know, we're 25 deep here in the office, you know, with all of our virtual assistants. So, and then how to launch it. You need someone, you need a large team up front because most of the short-term rental success is created before you even launch that property. Okay. When it comes to launching, it's very crucial that you have a great strategy for your listing, a great strategy for how you're going to book your properties. So it's an availability, you know, booking strategy and a great strategy for how you're going to utilize your booking and availability and price your properties accordingly. So you maximize the revenue. You really get that 4X, which is four times the mortgage and, and, and rents and all that. But obviously there's not going to be a mortgage here because it's all going to be private money for fun. So that's it, right? And then once you launch it, we've got a full service management company locally and we're going to really reach out and outsource on the other states with other management companies to work, you know, to have people on the ground and in other states. So that's the plan, brother. 
That's awesome. I love it. It just, I enjoy talking with you in Key West and just listening to the plan and the vision really is what, you know, you're, you're focused in on that vision. I mean, you can see it right now. You're zoned into that. I like that. I like the enthusiasm. I want to give you a little bit of a hard time. I lost my chance, but when you said you went into the nightclub business, I want to say that's when you became a vampire because you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're going to bed when the sun's coming up. And I worked at a bar for about a year when I got out of college. It was funny. I made, I think, a total of 24000 I was a doorman and a bar back, but it was one of the best educations I ever got was working that bar and getting home at 4.30 in the morning and Oh, I got a doctor's appointment at nine. Shit. <laughs> you know, who scheduled this this early? But yeah, I was a vampire. So welcome to the daylight hours in real estate, which is a joke because you're an entrepreneur. There's no such thing as day or night. It's just now. Everything is now. So anyway, so I've made fun of you about being a vampire. I was a vampire for a while, but you made a hell of a lot more money than I did being a vampire. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, you know, just as a question or wants to get some coaching from you to learn th- this amazing model, how do they get a hold of you? Absolutely, brother. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me today. Man. Absolutely. The best way to get a hold of me is going to my personal website, and that is George G E O R G E Salas S A L A S. The number is three six zero. George Salas three sixty dot com. You go up there, log in the website. And then my contact info is there. You're welcome to book a call so we can chat and see how we can help you. You really, truly build a five, six, or even a seven-figure short-term rental business. That's what we're doing today. Yes, sir. So, Okay. Yeah. So georgesalas360.com. I admire people who are in the short-term game. I understand it a lot better now, obviously, but when it first came out to me, I had the same kind of confusion as I did with Starbucks. Like, why would somebody pay $4 for a cup of coffee? And yet there's proof that it happens millions of times a day, <laughs> you know, but it's just being creative. It's disrupted the hotel industry. It's a very exciting time to be alive. So yeah, everyone, if you want to connect, go to georgesalas360.com. George, thanks for coming on and sharing your story and your strategy with us today. And I look forward to uh, connecting with you uh, re-events in Houston and next year's conference of uh, wherever it's going to be. Lovely, brother. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me today. And I hope that this brought a little bit of, you know, service and clarity to your listeners. So I hope it was valid. Absolutely, man. Thank you for coming on. Take care. Absolutely. Yes, sir. You too. Thank you. And there you have it, folks. I'd like to thank George Salas for stopping by today and discussing his business model and how he's doing more than well in the short-term rental game and showing others how to do it as well. And if you could, please go take a look at what George can offer you and reach out to him to learn more. You can find his contact details over at the show notes page. This is episode 136. And speaking of which, that's going to do it for episode 136. And I don't charge money for you to listen, but there is a cost to produce this show. And I would be extremely grateful if you would help get the word out and increase awareness for the show by leaving me an honest rating and review over at Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you are using to hear my voice. But it would mean the world, and I do mean the world to me, if you could take the time to do the following. Leave me an honest rating and review over at iTunes, because that would generate the most buzz for the show. They're the 800-pound gorilla in the room, and they still have a lot of swing and a lot of sway. But more importantly, it'll help you erase a lot of negative karma. And you can trust me on this, okay? I'm a white man from the South. You can trust me. (laughs) Anyhow, but also, tell a friend. If you know someone who's looking for private lenders or someone who's trying to cultivate private lenders, give this to them as a free resource. Pass it on to their private lenders. Just please help me get the word out. 
I would really, really appreciate it. And don't forget to join the Private Lender Podcast Facebook group. The link is on the show notes page, or again, you can go to Facebook groups and search Private Lender Podcast. And go to the privatelenderacademy.com to put the power of the banking industry into your investment accounts. All right. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for your time. And in addition to mindfulness and self-awareness, I truly wish you safe and successful private lending. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Private Lender Podcast with your host, Keith Baker. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit privatelenderpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time.